Innes Forgettance is a folk fantasy podcast set in an alternate Appalachia and faraway Celtic fort. You can help support me and this story by sharing it with your friends, posting on social media, or by clicking the link in the description to buy me a coffee. I'm glad you joined me this week, and stay safe out there in the woods. on the Innes Forgettance, by the time Colleen and Pa realized that Porter had run into the West Mountain Woods to look for Mama, he was long gone. But they searched the woods anyway. Colleen in Inniscombe Colleen couldn't be angry with Pa for only searching three days. She wanted to, but she couldn't, not as she witnessed the toll it took on him, the price of holding out hope, the deep grooves in his forehead, the pain in his gray eyes, the sounds of pacing footsteps and choked-back sobs below her loft in the middle of the night. When they trudged through the tree line for dinner on that third day, rain drizzled on the mountains. The tortured look in Pa's eyes and the determined grit of his jaw told her they wouldn't be going back in. Not for Mama. Not for Porter. Farm life wouldn't wait anymore. The jostling wagon jerked Colleen back to the present moment. Pa guided Boris and Banjo over the bridge and into town, their first trip since half their family disappeared. Colleen's spine grew as stiff as something out of Uncle Ed's forge. Great Aunt Nula patted her hand. The disappearances had taken their toll on Colleen's great aunt, particularly the last two days, she noticed. She had taken over all of Mama's work, hadn't had a day to pray at Kirk, 
and it appeared to take a heavy toll. Despite the hindrances of age, Aunt Nula had always radiated elegance, but her movements were rusty now. Even as she held Colleen's hand, the gesture of comfort was marred by the twitching of her fingers. The wagon stopped in front of Miss Myrna's home and quilting shop. Smoke puffed from the cabin's chimney, and even from yards away, Colleen could make out exuberant voices of women lifting in song. "'How long will you be, aunt?' asked Pa, his breath puffing, nose and ears pink in the November morning chill. Nula started and clutched her shawl around her shoulders. Well, we're on the last leg of Twyla's coming-of-age quilt. Should be done before the noon meal. Pa nodded and stepped out of the wagon, then reached up to help Nula, but didn't look at her. The cabin's front door burst open. Colleen bit her lip. Tall, lanky Miss Myrna slowed her gait when she recognized the new arrivals. Oh, Miss Nula, you done come after all. I wasn't sure what with... Well, let me help you inside. Her very large eyes drifted over to Colleen. And, well, I suppose she can come too. What's one more? The women looked at Colleen, expressions of wariness in their eyes. Colleen crossed her arms. No thanks. I'll stay and help Pa. Neither woman argued. Miss Myrna hooked her arm into Nula's and led her up the steps, the door shutting decisively behind them. The singing quieted momentarily, then resumed but without joy. Pa climbed up into the wagon and clasped the reins until his knuckles whitened. What was that for? Ain't that all you ever wanted? To be included in the town? Not like this, Colleen said. Hmm. Well then, I don't know what you'll do with yourself while I make my rounds. I've got wood toys to give to Clomer. Pretty sure Ed's done repairing my good hammer, and the persimmon trees that grow wild at the back of the Seely's home place always do well. I was hoping to trade for some, and I fixed the widow Warren's rocking chair. Didn't you say you needed something from Clomers? Colleen shook her head. Then what'll you do? Right along, Colleen said. I'll wait in the wagon. Pa huffed. He snapped the reins and continued through town, heading toward the Seelys' property at the base of the South Mountain. Colleen said nothing, and tried to think of nothing, the entire ride to the home place. But in the private moments after Pa trudged up the drive toward the Seely cabin, she couldn't keep the memory of the dream away. This one didn't leave her terrified, for once, but the reality of it all left her shaken. Something about the old woman, the light and unreadability of her eyes, 
the smell of the fur of her pelts, and her urgent question, Do you know who you are yet? Find me, she had said. Colleen shuddered. It all felt so true, so real. She wondered if the woman was trying to give her something or tell her something. No, she thought. I'm mad as a hare. She shook her head. Sometimes, only sometimes, she wished she could confide in someone about the nightmares. But the only person she would dare trust disappeared three days ago. Hey, I brought you some sadder. Will Seeley's voice jarred her. He stopped by her side of the wagon and passed her a steaming tin mug. A black curl fell over one of his eyes, and Colleen's breath caught. Why are you here, out all alone in the cold? he asked. A part of her wanted to tell him. Instead, she shrugged and cradled the cider under her chin. I'm sorry about Porter, said Will. I wanted to come help when I heard he went missing, and back when your mama left too, but my parents... It's fine, Colleen said. She took a loud slurp of cider. Thanks for the cider. It was thoughtful of you. Will dipped his head, happy to. He watched her with an expectant look, but Colleen just said, I'll get the mug back to you somehow or other. It was nearly noon when Pa and Nula and Colleen pulled up to the Widow Warren's cabin. Colleen hid a bitter smirk. It was both pragmatic and convenient for Pa to save her stop for last, considering that Widow Warren lived on the edge of town closest to their route home, and that he dreaded interacting with her so much. It didn't matter how many thank yous the old widow said as Pa unloaded her good-as-new rocking chair. He hardly gave her more than a grunt in return. He would never forgive the woman for not being able to heal Mama. I have some sachets of elderberry and bilberry for y'all to help get through winter, Widow Warren said. But Pa hefted the rocking chair and stalked toward her cabin, silent. Aunt Nula took the sachets and held them to her nose, breathing deeply of their scent. Ah, the scent of winter wailness. Thank you, said Colleen. It's much appreciated. Davina nodded. Well, it's the least I can do after what your brother did for me. Davina said. Aunt Nula's eyes flashed with confusion. Porter? She dropped one sachet into Colleen's open palm. Your rocker's back where it should be. Pa stomped out the door, looking at his feet. Just you go in and try it. Let me know if anything's amiss. But Colleen hardly registered Pa's words. What Porter did for you she said. He said you healed his voice. Widow Warren's mouth moved, but nothing came out. 
her eyebrows knit. She shook her head and looked back and forth between Colleen and Aunt Nula. Hailed his... Why, yes, I suppose I did, but only because... Well, he didn't say anything to you? Say anything? Colleen huffed and rolled her eyes. You don't know my brother. Davina emitted a sharp laugh that she covered quickly. Darling, the only reason I could hail him, or help anyone as I've helped since, is because of whatever that boy done to me. Colleen stilled, all her awareness focused on the healer. What on earth do you mean? Collie. Pa climbed into the wagon, his tone razor sharp. Quit being nosy. We gotta get home. At that, Widow Warren's eyes blazed. She crossed her arms, jutting her chin out when she looked up at him. Sal, much as I know you hate hearing anything besides what you wanna hear, and especially anything I gotta say, I'ma give it to you straight. Your son come to me seeking answers for Sarah. Now I can't explain all that happened. All I know is that he did something. I felt it sure as you'd feel a lightning strike, and my decisions as a healer haven't been wrong since. The tension between her father and the Innisfolk healer fizzed so Colleen thought if she reached a hand through the air between them, she'd get shocked. Pa flicked the reins. The wagon jolted. Try the rocker, he said. Let me know if anything's amiss. Colleen opened her mouth to bid farewell, but Pa clicked his tongue and the horses were off. Porter, Colleen thought. Do anything to anyone? That boy's slower than molasses and duller than dirt. Her throat worked. Or he was, she thought. When the road rounded beside the Hampton home place, Roger and Dolly Hampton jogged toward them, as Fiona corralled their raucous boys, Roger extended his injured hand to paw without a wince or grimace. Sal, I'm glad I caught you. Wanted you to know we'll be back tomorrow to search. Paw stiffened. We ain't going tomorrow. He eyed Roger's hand. Your wrist is better? Roger scratched his head. Well, Mrs. Warren... His voice trailed off as though uncomfortable with sharing his good fortune. But Pa gave his hand a firm shake. Thanks for all you done, when no one else would. Roger nodded and walked back toward their cabin, but Dolly hung back. Colleen eyed the girl and spoke low. I thought Mrs. Warren could never help your pap's wrist. Dolly put her hands into the pockets of her plaid dress and shrugged. The hair on the back of Colleen's neck pricked. What happened the day you and my brother visited her, Dolly? Dolly looked at her with wide, honest eyes.
I truly don't know, she said, but I intend to find out. What do you mean? Colleen asked. Dolly shrugged one shoulder. She agreed to let me apprentice with her. Dolly, Fiona called. Hank's done splashed in the pig's trough again. Come help me bathe him. Dolly smiled apologetically and ran off. It seems our porter was very busy before he left, Aunt Nula said, her voice tinged with sadness. The wagon rolled up the mountain. Colleen's thoughts rolled with it. What on earth could Porter have done to Davina Warren that helped her so much? What more did Dolly know? But her home place came into view, and all thinking stopped. Colleen straightened, rigid at the sight of two figures approaching the front porch. It can't be, she whispered. Paw clicked his tongue and snapped the reins until the horses cantered. Nula clutched Colleen's knee. Colleen leaned forward, howling their names. Porter! Mama! The Innis Forgettance was written, narrated, and produced by me, Leah Noel with special appearance by David Walker. The original song, Beware the Never Seen, was written, composed, and performed by Georgia musicians Miles Landrum and Lorelei. You can find links to more of their excellent music in the show notes. Sound effects came from the kind folks at freesound.org. You can follow this podcast with behind the scenes and more on Instagram and TikTok at Leah with a pen. to fit.